Hey folks, Travis here. I uh, just wanted to do a quick content warning up top. Uh, we talk about uh, some historical occurrences of torture and self-harm, and we just wanted to make sure you knew about that before we started. This girl is on fire. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hitch <laughs> <laughs> manners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband, host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife, host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Streamers. <laughs> it's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. That was that was actually great, my dear. It's, Why did it's you, not. It's you so nailed dumb. it. This but, girl is bonfire. It's but, nothing. No, it is something. <laughs> and you, the laughter was from your apology. <laughs> it was so you you correctly threw your head back in order to shout the song, and then you immediately sunk down to half your size. Because it's not really a joke. There's no punchline. It doesn't mean it. It's just like, isn't it funny how some words sound like other words? It's, it's very Mitch Hedberg. He I did know, that a lot. But this is... I feel like this is a thing that Justin and Griffin have acknowledged that I do many, many times in which half of my jokes are, isn't it funny how some words sound like other words? <laughs> Well, this is I, I have that whole like not a whole parody, but just whenever I think about the song Poison and then that girl is Susan gets stuck <laughs> in my head and I still think that's great. Oh well, boy. I uh you married the right person because I'll always giggle at those. And I married the right person eight years ago today. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, my love. We're recording this on the sixth, which is our wedding anniversary. Both of us forgot it. Um right up until we, Monday. Yes, we remembered it. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, just not super far in advance. Yeah, and like Monday morning, I went like, "Hey, I think Wednesdays are anniversary." And you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> does that count as remembering? Yeah, it? it totally does. Okay, I guess I got you a bronze rose Indeed. that BB helped me pick out because bronze is the eight year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, BB also, so we got you those uh, like rose. Like earrings, you uh-huh. should have seen some of the earrings she wanted to get. To oh it. boy, bigger and more colorful was BB's. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So we are talking about bonfires. Yes. Now, right off the bat, we looked into this. What makes a bonfire a bonfire? Quantity. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the size. Yeah. And this is really funny, actually, because in the game at Dark Souls and the subsequent games. You basically save your game at a campfire, but they call them bonfires. But it's like mm. barely even a campfire. It's a smoldering pile yeah. of wood. I, I think that the good measure is, can you see a person directly opposite you? Mm. Above the flames, it's not a bonfire. Can you not see them? It's a bonfire. i tell you what, and I'm going to turn this question around on you in a second, but my most vivid bonfire memory, and I still think about this and it feels like something that I've transposed from like a like episode of the OC or Friday Night Lights or something I watched into a memory but it's real 
when I was in high school, part of like our homecoming celebration is they would build like a giant like stack of pallets and wood and stuff in the middle of like the practice fields, like at school and have a huge bonfire on school grounds, like in the practice fields. And just like all the high school kids would like hang out. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Doesn't it? But like, I know that that's not uncommon. This would have been what, 1999? No, 2000, 2001 in there at this, or at least the one I'm thinking of. And yeah, I think about that and it's like, hey guys. But also you gotta remember my school, uh, one was in West Virginia, (laughs) two was like up on a hill with nothing else surrounding it, right? Where they had built it, like, not anywhere in, like, I mean, it was in city limits, but, you know, it was removed from everything else. Yeah. Have you ever attended a bonfire? No, I have not. No, and why is that, Teresa? Because I'm severely asthmatic. Yes. I have been to campfires. Yeah. I was a Girl Scout for a while. Um, I... Also, you know, our friends love love fire pits, love campfires. I can take about 10 minutes uh, before I need to back away uh, because th- that's about as long as it takes to uh, pick out, roast, and uh, eat us more. Now, I will say, and if anybody listening uh, has experience with these and wants to tweet at me, at Charles McRoy, there are like fire pits and fire, like there are things that you can buy that supposedly are built so the airflow is such that it like w- incredibly reduces the the smoke. Huh. I don't know if that's true or not. There are also like gas fire pits, but that's- Right. Uh, I mean, gas fire pit, I can do no problem because of it's it's the smoke. But is it the same? The no, gas fire pit, no. No, it's no. not. See, this is the thing. So I, the, the, and you know what? Somehow we make it work. I love fire pits. <laughs> um, and I love building up fires and everything. Um, but, you know, I love you and your lungs more. And then when you get home, you have to take a shower. Yes. Uh, Which I actually. And change your clothes. Until I started, like, dating you, I did not appreciate like how much one smells like oh. smoke coming home. Um, like there's a place here in uh, called Northside Tavern and they have like fire pits in like the patio where you like burn actual wood. And like when you come home and you have a someone say like, hey, smell yourself. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, I smell like a forest fire. It's, this is terrible. It is thick. Okay, so bonfires. Bonfires. And... Their fire. Go on. Tell me more. Okay. Um. So, in 1755, fire was invented. Nope. Dictionary of the English language by uh, Samuel Johnson suggested that that um, sounds like a made-up fake old-timey name. I know, right? Samuel Johnson <laughs> suggested that bon. Is French for good. Yeah. And so bonfire is French for good fire. I was honest, honest to Travis going to make that the opening joke, having no idea that that was real. Oh, well, Noah Webster thought it was real. Um, oh. But it has since been corrected. Oh, okay. So not long after. So it's not real. No, it's okay, not real. Good. It's okay. not real. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, oh, it's a good fire, or as the French would say, 
bonfire. Nope. No, okay. That's not that's not it. That's nothing. Uh in 1890, Webster's International Dictionary uh saw that the origin of the term bonfire means bone fire. Oh, like bones like like but like marrow bones? Mm-hmm. Like bones, mm-hmm. like like the show with David Boreanaz? No. Like human, well, like, I guess other bones, whatever bones. Other bones. Uh, so it entered Middle English as Bane Fire sometime around the 1400s. Cool yeah. Ugh. yeah, totally cool. Um, like to keep skeletons away? No. 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 Uh, we use the term Bane to describe something of harm or ruin. Right, like, something yeah. is the bane of your existence. Or like right? wolf's bane to sure. keep the werewolves away. Sure, uh, but in Middle English, thank you for disagreeing with that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Okay. I got you. I love you very much. I love you too. Uh, <laughs> in Middle English, it meant killer or slayer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was a gruesome custom oh at the time uh, in the late fourteen hey, hundreds. I don't even know what's coming. But I'm just going to say kind of a blanket content warning after that statement. Yes. Okay, go on. Post-battle, the bodies of the losing side would be piled up and burned in celebration by the victors. (laughs) Well, okay. If If the people are dead, right, and they are at this point, you either have to bury them. Yeah. Or you have to remove them, or you just leave them to rot in the field. Which is way worse. Which is way worse. I think it's- It is a pretty sanitary solution to just burn it. I think the word that hit me weird there was celebration, Mm. where I'm, I'm certain, just given like the time period and like- the custom, right? That there was also probably a certain amount of like warriors burial. You know, I mean, the the funeral pyre is a, a custom in many different cultures, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure that there. I I think I was just picturing like you know the Ewoks dancing around and oh. using the like <laughs> stormtrooper helmets as drums, and this was probably not exactly that. Maybe not the, exactly. The celebration was probably more somber than that. Uh, I mean, they did win. The winners, sure. Did it to the uh, the the dead. So I'm sure that I well, I guess I would like to hope that there was some respect to it. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, there is one more slightly also gruesome, perhaps, origin. Okay. In 1555, Edward Bonner, the Bishop of London, ordered over 300 people to be burned at the stake as punishment for heresy going against the church. So like Bonner fire? Yeah, Bonds fires, Bonner fire. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But You know what? I'm just going to go on record. What? We shouldn't burn people for heresy. I agree. I know it's a bold bold stance. But here on Schmanners, we do not uh condone burning people for heresy. Right. Um and and you mentioned that not the idea of a communal fire is not scary in itself, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of ritual that goes with it. There's an ancient Celtic custom. And we're also, like that term, bonfire, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the origin of that, not like probably for centuries before that right. was like, let's build a big fire to keep the whole like clan warm, right? Exactly. Like that was a completely different thing. This was just coining the term. Got it. Got right, it. right, 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 right. Um, and so there were different um, ways 
that uh, that fires were presented to as maybe like honoring the sun. Right. Right. Um, and there was a nomadic tribe of warriors in Europe dating back all the way to 800 BCE. Who do you think their religious leaders were? In 800 BCE? The Druids. Oh, yeah, those folks. Yeah, those, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they were the political counselors, the educators, the healers, the worshipers of the land. Uh-huh. Um, and they would build enormous fires during the solstices. Right, okay, yes. Winter and summer solstice, um, believing that the great flames would hasten the return of spring and prolong the summer. And there was... That was like part of what led to like, and then take one of the logs from the fire home to start exactly. your fire. The Yule log. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so we, it's very communal. Absolutely. Um, we think that taking one of those fires has morphed into Yule log, morphed into Bouche de Noel, um, morphed into a lot of different things because of the great Christian rebrand. Right. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Um, because a community bonfire is really fun. Yeah. Uh, it is a great way to, you know, make community and camaraderie, and to celebrate, about, uh, to hang out. Even the, if you're just going to eat and, like, tell spooky stories, yeah. it's fun. The symbolism of it, think about it, right? You have a point of light in the darkness mm-hmm. that everyone is being drawn towards to feel safer together with the darkness kept at bay by this, you know, bright spot of light, right? Like it is inherently exactly. what fire, what the what the campfire, you know, in this sense represents of safety, um, you know, warmth, mm-hmm. um, b- providing food in some circumstances, right? Right. Uh, um, and there is just something about because it is like a circle, right? You form huh. a circle around the the fire. That it just forms that kind of bond and and loop around it. So whether uh, you know there are people who observe it as like a a ritual, as a sacred fire. There are some who don't, right? But I think you can't deny the obvious like symbolism and inherent kind of like why it draws people in and why Absolutely. it's fascinating. Plus, fire is just fun to watch. Fire man. is fun to it's watch. It's so weird the way it does its <laughs> stuff, like unpredictable and cool. And I don't know. Fire. So it's the so summer bright. solstice was co-opted into the celebration of St. John the Baptist, mm-hmm. um, and the winter solstice became Christmas Eve bonfires. Yeah. Right? Um, and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about a very famous night in the UK. Uh, yeah, I can't wait until we talk about it, but first, it's time for a thank you note to our sponsors. All right. This week, we want to write a thank you note to DoorDash. Listen, it doesn't matter what kind of food you want, right? You want Chinese. They want pizza. Someone's craving froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. And DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. Man, the number of times that I have opened up DoorDash and we don't know what we want, but we start looking for what's new on DoorDash or local places or just like wait to see if we get inspired by something, it's wonderful. And now you can also get grocery essentials with DoorDash too. You get drinks, snacks, other household items delivered to you in under an hour. 
Ordering is easy. You just open the DoorDash app and choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD on one word. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERSPOD. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey, excuse me, everybody. I just uh, wanted to say a few words about the beautiful couple. I've known you two for a long time, and you get along like peanut butter and chocolate. Or, you know, like like uh, comedy and culture, like uh, Maximum Fun podcasts. <laughs> Actually, they're having a block party from October 11th to October 22nd. And that's kind of like your party, right? You have a community of friends and family, and Max Fun has a community of shows and audiences that support them. You're having a new start with your life together, and Max Fun will be putting out new episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences. So it's a great time to introduce your friends to your favorite show or jump into one you haven't tried Is before. He still talking about podcasts? And they're setting up a volunteer event where we can help out our local communities. Plus, Maximum Fun is going to have games, prizes, episode wrecks, so much other fun stuff. What's wrong with Kyle? Is he okay? Oh! (laughs) Anyways, anyways, sorry for getting carried away there. If it's all right with everybody here, let's all raise our glasses for a toast to the Max Fun Block (sighs) Party, which you can learn more about at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party, and don't forget to join in on October 11th. Actually, that... That sounds pretty cool. Okay, so what is this night in the UK that you spoke of? Bonfire night. Oh, okay. Well, I probably could have guessed that in retrospect. You probably could have. Um, So on the 5th of... of, uh, Uh (laughs) The Freudian slip, is that what they call it? The 5th of November... People all across the UK. Do you mean the, the night of the Adventure Zone live show happening <laughs> in just a couple weeks? You can get your tickets now. We're doing another Hoot Nanny. That one? That one. But um, people all across the UK will light bonfires, set off fireworks, and burn effigies of a man named Guy Fox. Yes. Here is the very famous poem by John Milton. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. That's when uh, he tried to blow up Parliament, right? It was a failed attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament in 1605. Right. Right. That live show, by the way, you can get your tickets for the Taz Virtual Live Show at bit.ly slash T-A-Z virtual, Taz virtual. And is it going to be video on demand? So if you go to a bonfire, you can watch it later? Yes, totally. Totally. And tickets are only $10. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, so a little little background about that. Um, so James I became King of England in 1603. And at the time, this was a massively welcome change for British Catholics. Um, Elizabeth had repressed Catholicism and James I was like, 
you know, we thought that it was going to work out a little better because he was the son of the late Catholic Mary Queen of Scots. Right. Right. Turns out he did not care about Catholicism. He was more than happy to carry out the persecutions of Queen Elizabeth. Bummer. Yeah. So um, then there were a couple of people who decided, well, let's let's just kill King James. Bring on the next one. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Hoping that it would spark an uprising. Right. Um, And so they mapped out the plan where they would place several barrels of gunpowder under the House of Lords because they knew that the king and all the government people would be there on the opening day of Parliament. And. All they needed then was an explosive expert. Enter Guy Fox. I mean, listen, I don't know much about Guy Fox, but it's a I'm good tra- name. I'm trying to tell you. No, about I know it. that, but I'm just saying, like, if if uh, maybe it's just because of the association now, but it feels like a movie like character name that you would give to like a name you would give to an explosive expert, right? This mm. is Guy Fox. You know what it is? What? It's because I'm thinking about the Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Okay. So um, they stocked it to the brim in a vault underneath the House of Lords with 36 barrels of gunpowder to, to blow everything up. That's a seems. lot of barrels. Um, and they said, Guy Fox, you're going to stand here and guard it. He got caught. He got caught because of an anonymous tip. Oh, man. Yeah, saying uh, that the House of Lords shall receive a terrible blow. Well, okay, I said, oh, man, I don't know why I'm why I'm pulling for murder. <laughs> I think it's just because I'm very removed from the story, and so I'm thinking of it not as an actual thing that happened, but rather as a tale I'm being told. Yeah. But I don't know. So just after Listen, midnight. Listen, we don't condone oh, blowing people up. We don't. This is just the story. Okay. So just after midnight, uh, Fox was taken. He was imprisoned and put in the Tower of London, and they forced him to name his uh, co-conspirators. But, you know, almost everybody, like, who he named was, like, a well-to-do kind of person, right? So... A lot of the the lower class people who had conspired and helped, they were arrested. But four people, the high, the highest four, the treasonous, rich the rich folks, uh, were not arrested. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. At trial, January of sixteen oh six, they Fox and everybody else who was left was found guilty and sentenced to be hung, drawn, and quartered. They were still doing that at that point. But instead, Fox leapt to his death to avoid his own execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Londoners I didn't know the bonfire episode was going to contain so much, (laughs) so much gruesome things. Yeah, we'll put a trigger warning on the the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Londoners began to light bonfires to celebrate that James I was alive and well. In 1606, the observance of the 5th of November Act was passed, creating an annual public day of Thanksgiving for the plot's failure. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have some questions. You want to do some questions? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Aaron asks, should you offer to bring stuff to add to the fire if you were invited to someone's bonfire or offer to bring snacks to cook? Mm. I would say, I mean, this is, it depends on, 
who, how well do you know the person, right? Right, yes. Where, like, if, you know, I have lots of friends that if they were planning a fire, I'd be like, do you want me to, like, bring some stuff? I mean, just today, yeah. right, from my uh, blacksmith class, I picked up some old, like, barrel staves that the teacher was giving away to take to my friend Justin's, where they have, you know, where they do fire pits all the time, right? I would ask. I would right. ask the person, like, do you want me to bring stuff for the fire instead of just rolling up? Right, because you don't know what their plan is. Right. Well, so the thing the thing is, right, if someone hosts a bonfire, it's usually a community event. Yeah. And so these kind of, like, jobs are parceled out ahead of time. Yeah. Um, always ask. That's great advice. Uh, but also, you, you can't go wrong by bringing something to share, right. I think. Food is always appreciated. Always. Um, although, I mean, you know. The bringing the fuel. <laughs> if, if 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 you ask, let I, I if you want to, right? Because I like burning stuff, and if you ask first, I think that's the way. To yeah, go. I would not roll up with your truck full of um, landscape debris uh, to burn. You know, like your honeysuckle trees or whatever. Yeah. Don't 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 bring all that stuff. Well, speaking of, actually, five raccoons in a trench coat asks. Oh, yep. What is appropriate and not appropriate to put on a bonfire? So, good question. The answers may surprise you. So, one of the number one things that I think people wouldn't think of not to burn that you really shouldn't burn is treated wood. Mm. So, like, most lumber that you're going to buy from, like, a, a hardware store is treated Yeah, and that means it's got chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes most but not all shipping pallets. So a lot of people use shipping pallets to burn, but you really want to familiarize yourself with how to tell the difference between uh, treated shipping pallets and non-treated shipping pallets because some of them are okay and some of them are not. Same with plywood. Oh, yeah. Some plywood is treated, some plywood is non-treated. But as far as like two-by-fours, four-by-fours, any kind of like one-by... All that stuff, if you bought that at a hardware store or like a lumber plate, is going to be treated. Right. And so you should not burn that. Um, and if you are going to burn brush, yeah. it needs to be dry. Correct. Um, not only will, if it's still wick, still green, right, um, it will take a very long time and it might not even burn. Uh, yeah. Some some trees and stuff, they have like this waxy stuff yes. on the outside. D- turns out. They don't like to be burnt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some other things to keep in mind is like mailers and magazines and stuff. While they'll catch really well, they once again have like the ink and stuff can be mm-hmm. really bad for you. Um, rubber, plastics, anything like that. Aerosols. Do not, no, do not. And I mean, if you're going to be building a fire, I, don't use accelerants. You know, Like gasoline or a uh, fire starter. Anything like that. Because once again, like it's not really great to be inhaled. You yeah. Know? And and also just keep in mind paper and stuff like that. Paper can be very dangerous uh, only because it will flake and and like float in the air, mm-hmm. and it can stay smoldering for a really really long time. That's why newspaper is no longer recommended as kindling. Yeah. Um. 
And just as far as that goes, I would also say, make sure if you're going to do a bonfire or anything like this, make sure that you do some research into uh, burning regulations in the area and what the like conditions for forest fires are at the time. Um, you know, there there's times of year where it's so dry and everything that like you should not be doing any open burns. It's so dangerous. So if you have checked to make sure that um – your local area or whatever area uh, allows fires, make sure that you build the fire downwind of mm-hmm. anything that could potentially catch fire, right? like a tent. And if you're doing a big old tall bonfire, you want it to be in an open area that doesn't have like trees above it mm-hmm. um, and things above it, right? Because those those flames get real high. Yeah. You don't want to set fire to the trees above. Um, and you should always have a bucket handy that is full of loose dirt right. or sand or lots of water. Yeah. And the thing about water to keep in mind when you're putting out a fire is when you throw the water on, it'll turn to steam, right, and evaporate. And if it did not fully douse the fire, then you need more water. Whereas like sand and dirt smother the fire Mm -hmm. and do not burn away. So if you can, sand and dirt are better than water. Um, But also even then, once it's smothered, you want to stir it around because you don't know what's still burning Mm -hmm. under that dirt and sand. Um, So just make sure you got it all. Be thorough, be careful. Smokey would appreciate it. Um, So uh, at Chanspork asks, Wooden pallets make great bonfires as they're easily stackable as long as they're not treated. However, the nails holding them together can mess up the fire pit for future users. Is it okay to use pallets if you stay and clean up the nails afterwards? Yeah, totally. Um, because the, you'll be able to sift through the ashes. Or even better. Use a the, magnet. The, yeah, they make uh, these things. Um, I have one that I use when I'm doing like projects and stuff that are basically like brooms. With the but instead of like bristles, it's a magnet, so you can like sweep it over everything, and it'll pick up, you know, the metal out of of the dirt. Uh, so smart, or, yeah, the ash. So use a magnet to clean up. Um, Nick asks, "What is proper wood gathering etiquette?" I'll, uh, always felt like a skis nabbing shipping pallets from random warehouse docks. Well, yeah, don't let. Let's not do that. Yeah. The only time that I would say that that is okay, assuming that you can identify that it's not treated, is if it's like leaning up against a dumpster. Because the thing is, a lot of shipping places reuse those pallets over and over again. So just because they're stacked up somewhere doesn't mean they don't need them. Um, And remember, in order to keep a fire going, to even light the fire in the first place, you need sticks of all sizes, Uh right? So it's just as good to go and collect like dry, small sticks um, as kindling and break those up like that. You're going to need those, you know? Uh, Another thing, be careful bringing wood from, like, one forest to another or even, like, state to state or city to city or anything like that because there can be pests and bugs and stuff in, like, you know, if you have, you know, you go through the forest, you pick up some logs, you throw them in the back of your truck or back of your car or whatever, and then you drive, you know, 40 miles to a different forest, right? Any, like, wood, any bugs, anything in there, right, you've just brought them into this new thing, especially if any of the wood is like diseased, you know, tree diseases, you you can spread that um, from, you know, forest to forest that way. So just be careful with that as well. The Goblin Gamer asks, (laughs) 
What do I do if I think someone is cute and I want to ask them out at a bonfire? Mm, sweet. I'll give you the basic thing for asking anybody out. If you're a little nervous about this is just a tip from Travis, be explicit that you're asking them out. It's a little thing, especially if you're asking them to like go to a bonfire with you, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference between, hey, want to go to a bonfire? A thing I would ask any friend or family member versus do you want to go to a fan- uh, to a bonfire as my date? Certainly. Um, and I think that <sighs> here's the deal. When you are at the bonfire asking said person out, right? That's that's what the thing is about? Yes. yes being there at the bonfire. Um, you need to have an exit strategy, right? Because the bonfire is kind of like an all-night thing. Sure. Right? So I'm not saying that you need to leave after you've asked person out on a date. But you do need to have, like, the ball rolling to go and do something else, to go away. It Like, um, do you, uh, can I make you a s'more? Or, you know, whatever it is. There needs to be a transition to another subject so you, uh, folks aren't just, like standing next to each other yeah, and, awkwardly. <laughs> and listen, this is true of asking anyone out. If you see someone that you think is cute, talk to them first. Get to have a conversation first. And then it's a lot easier and better to say like, hey, I really enjoyed talking to you and I would like to keep talking to you on, a, on another time. Would you like to grab a coffee with me sometime? Right? Something like that. As opposed to just walking around like, hey, I think you're really cute. Do you want to grab coffee? When they're like, I have no context for you. <laughs> um, this is from Midnight Salad. The best time for salad, if you ask me. If someone gets up from their spot, is it reserved or fair game? Um, couple of caveats. Did they bring that chair? Right. Uh, Did they call TikTok seat lock? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is important. Uh, are Have they left for uh, a long time? Did they just announce that they were going to go get a beer? Anybody else want a beer, right? Right. Like, I think that you need to read the room a little bit. Yeah. And figure out... Are they coming back? Also, and if they're coming back, give them back their chair. Yeah, when they come back, get back up, right? Like, there's nothing to say you can't sit there for a little bit. But I agree, man. Check the vibe, right? Is it yeah. the kind of party where people are rotating through seats all the time? Or is it the kind of party where everyone has been in the same seat since the beginning, right? Right. And then it's like, you know, bad form. Mm -hmm. to take the seat but if it's just like people are getting up and sitting back down all the time also are they sitting next to someone that they are with or talking to or friends where there's a lot to take into play here but i think that you can get a good feeling in the moment yeah and if if they brought that chair they have they have dibs on that chair right so even if you do sit down for what 20 minutes or so talk to the person who's next to them or whatever Right. right when they come back it's their chair uh, Tiny asks, protocol for who keeps wood on the fire. Is it the host's job? There's a part two here, too. But there are going to be so many people who want to mess around with that fire. I don't know if it's anybody's job. I oh, would say, that, oh, Teresa. I oh, would, my God. You're so wrong. Go I on. would say that you need to try and keep people away from the fire. This if- is what I'm saying. Okay. You are mistaken. <laughs> A job is an assignment versus a job is a privilege. Okay. (laughs) Because the thing is, building, okay, this is where I'm going to sound smug, and I don't mean to, but building a long-lasting fire, especially a big fire like a bonfire, there there is 
a a like scientific formula, right? To find, but it's also an art. <laughs> okay, it's an I was art trying, and a science. I was trying not to sound smug, okay. but yes, because like you need airflow, you need the fuel, you need all this stuff, right? And so, adding wood to a fire is a fairly delicate situation. And I've seen people at like fire pits just like, oh, it needs more wood, and just like chuck a big log in down in the middle. And it's like, no, hold on, no, stop. So I would say it is the host's responsibility to make sure that there's fuel for the fire and there's fuel there. And then I would also say, there's like a circle of trust. <laughs> Where it's just like, once again, like if it's my friend, Justin McCombs, I think Justin trusts me to add wood to the fire. Right, I would say if you don't know what you're doing and you've never like built up a fire before, don't just go chucking some wood in there. Um, but if you want to be like, oh, I think we need more. Where should we add it and start apprenticing? Ah, start working okay. With uh, yeah, and, like I said, you're gonna have a hard time keeping people away from that fire. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the second part of it is: is it also up to the host to ensure that the fire is dying down at the end of the night? Yes. 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 If you are, uh, tonight, whether it's at your house or some other location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there does need to be a cutoff point, right? Right. Where we're not putting any new logs on. Right. We're not doing any of that kind of stuff. And there has to be someone there until the fire is completely extinguished. Yeah. Especially if, let's be honest, people are getting inebriated, mm -hmm. right? A large fire and inebriated people and a lot of smoke inhalation can lead yeah. to accidents. Mm -hmm. So once people start getting pretty inebriated, that's a good time to let the fire start dying down. But I would say that if you organize and invite and plan the thing, it's your responsibility to make sure the fire is out at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, your responsibility to make sure someone else makes it their <laughs> responsibility. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. like, hey, I have to go for some reason. Delegate. I trust you to do it, right? Make sure someone knows that it's their responsibility. One last question. It happens in TV shows and movies where people just go to sleep and the fire is still burning. Yeah. Don't, 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 do, don't that. do that. No, get a lantern <laughs> yeah, and that's... put out the fire. <laughs> um, Christian asks, how do I, this is such a, a delicate, important question. Okay, I'm ready. How do I initiate s'mores making when I'm not the person who brought them, but they're right there in that camping chair? Um, Is it s'mores time here, guys? No, here, can I say, just anecdotally, personally, mm -hmm. as someone who often brings the s'mores supplies, sometimes you don't want to be the person who brings the supplies and going like, did you guys see that I brought s'mores stuff? We should do s'mores because I brought it and it'd be really cool if we did. And having a, a third party say like, oh, d should we do s'mores? And you're like, no, yeah, yeah, you know what? So you, what you're saying is you need a plant. Well, I'm just saying like, if the s'mores stuff is there, uh -huh. the only time, then I think initiate it when you want them, right? Because right. It's like the the first person in the buffet line, right? It's like mm -hmm. there's got to be a first person. Somebody has to step up first, and there might be people like, "Oh, pretty hungry, huh?" I'm like, yes, but also everybody else wants s'mores too, and I'm a hero. Okay, so this was the great thing about um, being pregnant. Uh, I was able to throw all of these inhibitions to the wind and say, mm, "S'mores sounds good. Craving a s'more. Gonna go make a s'more. Make I'm a making, s'more right making now." Making a human being piece by piece inside my body. That's so. right. So I get to do what I want. Uh, it's not even dusk yet, and I can't drink beer. So s'mores it is. So to answer your question, <laughs> Christian, be pregnant. Um, but I, I would say that the only time. That there is a that there that this is a difference is if there are kids present, 
Because if you oh, initiate yeah. s'mores as an activity, it's a whole thing now, right? Got to be ready. And as a parent, if s'mores happen before, say, hot dogs, yeah, I am not happy camper. Right. And because you gotta, you gotta uh, watch the actual like toasting of the thing. Got to watch the eating of it. And they want to hold it, and then they make a mess, and then they want more of those. You want some more, right? They don't want to eat that hot dog, right? Or whatever corn on the cob, whatever you're making, right? Yeah, they don't want that. So that's the only time that I think you should check with like the host and say like, yeah, is it time to do s'mores? Because like I know there's kids here, and I don't want it to be a thing. Right. That's when I would ask about it in a quiet way. Yes. Not a way that like, it's a, it, like the seagulls in Finding the <laughs> Mine, 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 s'mores, s'mores, ice cream, cake. <laughs> Happens, man. And then once you put, once you uncork that bottle, you're not putting that cork back in. Trust me, friends. Uh, but speaking of parties, did you know that coming up is the Max Fun block party? I did know that. Well, okay. Yeah, I know you. Okay. So... <laughs> We wanted to have an event. Let's tell them about it okay, because great. we both know about it. We wanted to have an event that was kind of a combination of like, hey, thank you for your support and thank you for being here. And also a chance to maybe introduce some new listeners and new friends to the Max Fund family. So for the next uh, two weeks, starting October 11th through the 22nd, uh, Max Fund is going to be putting out special content. Uh, the episodes are all going to be very new person friendly. They're going to be very much like, hey, you don't need to know anything about the show to listen to this episode. We want to welcome in new people. We've got crossover events. We did a, a special episode with Titan Fights. So fun. Where we talked about like the etiquette and like rivalry and like uh, of professional wrestling. Basically, yes. like character work of professional wrestling. It was an absolute treat. Um, and there's going to be like a whole fun like feed for those. Um, we It's wonderful. Um, and you can find all that stuff at MaximumFun.org slash block party. Um, and there's going to be special events, too. I'm doing, like, a game stream uh, with, with some fun folks playing some Jackbox games one night and a bunch of stuff like that. So it's going to be a blast. And it's going to be a perfect time for you to share schmanners with a friend. Uh, because we're going to make sure that it's very, I mean, it's user-friendly all the time. Anyways, of course but, it is. Uh, it'll be a great time for you to share with a friend. Also, we mentioned the uh, live show of the Adventure Zone, but one more time, because why not? It's going to be on November 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, but it's available video on demand for two weeks. Um, and you can get tickets for that at bit.ly slash tazvirtual. Uh, it is in a series that we call Hootenanny, which is about, like, I think the year is like 2091, and it's a country band that travels through space um, that includes, let's see, there's like a prince from a spice planet named Benny Jean Esseret. There is a draw android arcade game turned sentient bass player named Shoots McCracken. There is a semi-organic sentient data cube named, I believe, number 48, who is obsessed with Tim McGraw. And there is a uh, last of the American Valadiers who is a strange combination of ultra-conservative named Pepsi Liberty. <laughs> and it's very silly. I was going to say, it's like Red Dwarf, the role-playing sure. game. It's but... kind of like a combination of Red Dwarf and Red Green, honestly, <laughs> in a weird way. Yes. Yes, yeah. indeed. The tickets are just $10, and you can get those at bit.ly slash Taz Virtual. 
Uh, we also got a lot of new merch over uh, at the McRoy merch store. You can check that out, including our pin of the month, which is Hell Raven, a.k.a. Del Craven, which is a superhero character that Griffin played in an Adventure Zone live show uh, that we played called uh, Just Us. That's about superheroes trying to pretend to be normal people. Mm. Uh, and he's a bird man. <laughs> it's very funny. But it also uh, helps benefit the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Justice, which builds Latina and Latinx power to fight for the fundamental human right to reproductive health, dignity, and justice. Uh, we've also got some Taz notebooks over there, some Candle Nights wrapping paper, a lot of stuff. And... In case you didn't hear, The Adventure Zone is now weekly. So if you're excited about that, go check that out and tell a friend. Uh, we also are back with our Great British Bake Off podcast series called Bake On. Uh, it just gets more and more fun to do it. Sure does. I really liked our last episode. We talked about Biscuit Week. Mm. It was fun, and suddenly 40 minutes had passed. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, oh, just in case you're one interested in this, I just did a stream on my Twitch stream in which I taste tested some non-alcoholic whiskeys. And if you're like, huh, that sounds weird and interesting, it was. Go check it out. <laughs> uh, Twitch.tv slash the Travis McElroy. We always also thank Brent, Brentofloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That is at SchmannersCasts, where we got all of these delightful questions for bonfires. Uh, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for our fan-run Facebook group cover picture. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group. We are always looking for topic suggestions and idiom submissions. Please send those to Alex at schmannerscast at gmail.com. Uh, and I think that's going to do it. Did we think, uh, did we think, Alex? <gasps> Thank you, Alex. Alex, we couldn't do it without you. Rachel, our editor, couldn't do it without you. Thank you both so very, very much. That's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.